excited this morning. God is good. Are you guys excited? All right. So at the beginning of church, I was asking a few of you who God is right now to you. And so Brooke is going to write some of them on here for you. Friend. It's a little hard to write on, but not terrible. Healer. Wisdom. Father. He's Savior. Guidance. I don't have that one, but I, 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 we can write that one. Comforter. Everything. There's a couple doubles, so. Papa. Love. Confidence. Healer. Healer. Faithful. Wisdom. Lovely. Awesome. I love it. All in all. Place of rest. Psalm 9, verse 10 says, And those, he's referring to you, who know your name, will put their trust in you. For you, O Lord, have not forsaken those who seek you. This morning is about seeking him, about knowing him. Who is God to you? So all through your life, you've been walking on this journey, and then at one point, he made himself known to you as Savior. And you sit here um, in my greatest hope that you know him as Savior. And as you've journeyed, you've gotten to know him more probably through teaching or studying the Bible or different ways like that. And all of your life, you, you might have been able to list all of these that you know him as. Yet he's so much more. So I want you to take all of the places that you've journeyed in your life and say, I know him, but I want to know him more. How many of you want to know him more? So I want to take you through the story of Moses this morning. I'm going to take you to like the middle of his story. He was, um, he had a lot of things happen from his childhood into his 40s. And then he took off from Egypt. And once he was in, in Egypt, I'm sorry, he took off from Egypt. Once he was in Midian, I think that's where he was. Like roaming and shepherding and doing life. He found himself just doing life. He had a wife. He had some kids. He was on a mountain raising some sheep, kind of probably getting annoyed with sheep raising. I don't know, just doing the things that we do. And, and he's out there and he's on this mountain. He's just walking. And all of a sudden he sees a bush and it's burning. How many of you guys have heard the story of the burning bush? Okay. So you have a frame for it. And the thing is, is that as he's like journeying, all of a sudden that burning bush kind of was like, whoa, what's that? And he got attracted, like, he, have you ever passed, like, an accident and you can't stop but look? You know, like, he, it caught his attention. And he's like, I want to go over to that burning bush. I want to see what that is. Like, what is going on over there? That doesn't make sense. And so that's where we're at in the story. And, and in the midst of him walking to the bush, the Lord says, Moses, Moses. 
And I just think how cool that is, like that God knows him by name. He knew exactly where he was on this mountain. He knew exactly where that burning bush needed to be to get his attention. God knows you. He knows you personally, he knows where you're at. He knows like how to get your attention. He knows exactly what kind of thing like he can throw out there to say, oh, wait, there, there's God right there. And I just like, I wonder what Moses thought about that. Like this bush is speaking to me now and it's calling me by name. Sometimes the Bible is so hard because you get the whole, the whole story from beginning to end, you know it all. But he didn't know it all. He was right there in that moment being called out of a bush, Moses, Moses. And he's like, who's going to attack me? I mean, I don't know what he probably felt. He felt fear, all the different things. If a bush was speaking to you, what would you feel? He was flesh just like you. This was a very significant, weird thing that wasn't normal in, like, in life. And so sometimes we have to put ourselves in their position and, and realize that Moses was flesh just like you. And if that was happening, how would you respond? And the Lord, he turned to it. And the, when the Lord saw that he had turned aside, he called him and he said, Moses, Moses. And then he said, Moses said, well, here am I. And it goes on. He said, don't take, don't come near. Take off your shoes. This is a holy place. And then he responded, I am your, the father. I am, the, I'm sorry. I am God, your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac and the God of Jacob. God made himself known to him right there in that moment. And I believe that God wants to make himself known to you this morning. He wants to clarify to you who he is. And that's what he was saying. Look, I, I am, this is who I am. I'm the God of your grandpa, your great grandpa, those people back in the day that they've been talking about year over all these 400 years. Like this has been a rehearsed story over and over of, of who God was to Abraham. Oh, you remember when God talked to Abraham and they walked, you know, oh, do you remember when, when I, uh, when, uh, when, which one was it that, you know, he got into the, the wrestling match and, and his hip got out of joint. Who was that? Which father was that? Like they would rehearse the stories. Like we rehearse the stories of Noah and all the different people of the Bible that they were rehearsing, that they were living, that they didn't have all the rest of the story. And so like these were being recalled. And so he's making him known, you know, the, the God that they talked about, that's me right now. And it was personal and he was having conversation with him and God was wanting to tell him, Hey, I have this plan. I want to rescue my people and I want you to go and do it. And sometimes I think it's interesting because a lot of times I'm like, God, what's the plan? I want to know exactly what you want me to do. He didn't really like to hear what the plan was. So I'm like, well, maybe I should rethink about asking God all the questions and all the plan. Cause he was like, yeah, I don't know. Like, if I really want to, you want me to go to Pharaoh? The thing is, is like, that's where his home was. When God was saying, I want you to go back to Pharaoh and I want you to tell him to let my people go and, and do this. He was saying, I want you to go back to where you grew up. You know, your brother and your family, they live in that area. I know them. I know where they're at right now. Like he had a frame of this place. It wasn't just like this random, like, Moses, why don't you go and rescue all the people? There was like, oh, you want me to go back to the, where I murdered someone? Oh, you want me to go back to where they didn't like me and they sent me away? You want me to go back to that place? So all of that space that he had like taken himself out of that, he had history there. And God was saying, I want you to go. And Moses' response was, Who am I that I should go? And I think sometimes we all can feel like, well, why would you ask me to do that? I can't do that. That'd be weird. That would be the last thing I want to do. Has God ever asked you to do something that's the last thing you want to do? Oh, I guess we're all in good company then. <laughs> and he said to him, God said to Moses, but I will be with you. And I think that's a pinnacle thought. A, 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 like, oh, God, you want to go with me? And God wants to do life with you. 
He doesn't want to send you on a mission and say, I've got a mission for you to, you go and do it and then report back to me. How'd it go? That's not it at all. He actually is asking you to do stuff because he wants to go and be with you. He wants to do life with you. He wants to spend time with you. This, sometimes I think we get so encompassed in the plan. Oh, he's going to get these people out of Egypt and it's Moses's job. And, and it's all about the job. And it wasn't, God wanted to be with Moses. The reaction and the response of God being with him released the people, but God really was like, hey, I want relationship with you, buddy. I want to do life with you. I don't want you doing the sheep thing anymore. I want us to do this together. And he's making himself known to him, and God is wanting to make himself known to you because he wants to do life with you. On a daily, on the grind, in all the things that you're doing, he wants to be a part of it. He wants to be active in you, in what what he's calling you to do. But it's not so much about the call. It's about who he is. We're here because of Jesus. Not because of what he can do for us. Because we love him. And so there was this desire. God's desire to have this relationship. And it was a beautiful journey that they started together. Because all of a sudden, there must have been something amazingly beautiful and rich in that moment. Because he's like, just shortly, he said, Moses said, said to God, if I go. So he's considering it. Well, well if I do it, what, what are, you know, what's it going to be like? What should I say? Um, and when they say stuff to me about it, what, what should I tell them? So I'm, he's in contemplation. And sometimes we sit in that place of contemplation, but we don't just make a step and say, okay, I'm going to do this. And the thing is, is he's, what God said to him, he, says, Moses, he said to Moses, he says, I am who I am. He made himself very clearly known to Moses in that moment. And then he said, when you go see the people, you tell them that I am sent you. He wanted him to know who he was. He wanted to reveal himself to you. God is infinitely incredible. If you studied forever who God was, you would never find an end. Sometimes I think we come to ends. We come, we're journeying through life and then we come here and we're like, oh, this is it. This is all that God is. Or that one thing, you're like, oh, he saved me, yay. And you just sit and rejoice in that, yay, he saved me. And God's like, there, like there's so much more behind this. There's so much more to go after. Like, don't create a wall with how you know me, but see who I am every day. That there's more of me that you can come in contact with. That there's this journey, that, that, that this hunger that he wants to create and the longing in your heart to go after more. If you stop at healer and you say, where is healer? To the right. <laughs> if you stop at healer, healer is awesome because God is healer. But, but what about friend? And what happens when you get in, a trouble, in trouble and you're like, I don't know what to do. Then he gets to be wisdom. But if you only say, oh, God is only healer to me, that's really hard to like come into a really tough place where I'm like, I don't know how to do this. And then say, well, how does healer fit into that mold? When, but, but God is all these things. God started unveiling himself to Moses, who he was. He just kept taking it back. He actually, he did so much in that space. And sometimes we get caught up in who God is, is what he can do. Oh, he parts that Red Sea. Oh, he made the staff turn into a snake. Oh, oh, he, he caused there to be water out of a rock. Oh, oh, and the manna, he fed us with manna. And oh, and, and he brought healing this way. And he did all these things and he's unveiling them to, to them in such incredible ways of what he does. But who he is is a miracle worker. These are just reactions of what he does because he is the miracle worker. And he's the way maker like we say it. So when he made a way through the sea, that's just who he is. That's him himself. And so he's, he's like living in this space and in all these opportunities. But the thing is, is like when God calls you into a space of doing something, we think it's sometimes about what it, we're doing. 
And maybe it's just an opportunity so you get to know him more. And it really has nothing to do with what you're doing. He's just like, oh, if I, if I get Becca to write, she's going to learn that I'm an author. And she's going to lean into me as an author. And I want her to know how I author. And I want her to see me as an author because I'm so good at it. And if she never picks up the pencil, never tries in this space, she'll never know me as an author. So when she's reading the Bible and she's understanding the Bible, she's going to see it through an author's perspective. And she's going to get a different understanding of who I am because of that. And, and, and that's what I'm saying is like sometimes we get so fixated on what he's saying to do. And he's like, I just want to show you who I am because I want to do it with you. Because I, w- I want you to empty you of you because I want to take you in the places where that you think you can't do it so that I get to really show off and show you how good I really am because I'm so good. He's so good. He's so good. He's so good. Like, he's better than good. And so, so all these experiences, I've never seen the sea split, not seen Lake Geneva split either. I've never seen manna fall from heaven And there's things that I would think would be incredible to see. Blind eyes opened. I've seen God do different things in my life, but I've never seen those things. And Moses experienced that. And he's, and I'm fast forwarding in his story and he's on the mountain and he's experiencing God. And if you go to chapter 33, Moses is having this time with God on the mountain and he's going to give him the law and all this incredible stuff. And you know what Moses says? Show me your glory. He's not up there saying, hey, you show me how you grew out an arm. I mean, can we see that? He wasn't up there saying, would you, would you show me how you can um, spit in the mud? Because, you know, maybe that would work. I mean, he's not up there asking him for things like that. He's like, I want to know you. I want to see your glory. And you know what God said to him? It says, I will make my goodness pass before you, and I will proclaim before you my name. Because he he's like, if you don't know me, there's nothing you can do. If you don't know me, you won't trust me to step into this next space. If you don't know me, then, there's, then what is it? Then where are we here? Where are we going? And he's like, I, want, I just thought that was, he wanted to unveil his eyes. Like, and you know what he said? The Lord passed before him and proclaimed this. This is what God said in that moment. The Lord, the Lord, a God merciful and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love and faithfulness, keeping steadfast love for thousands, forgiving iniquities and transgressions and sin. That's who he said he was. When his glory passed before Moses and Moses could have asked for anything and been hungry for anything. And yet he was like, God, I want more of you. Are you hungry for God in this hour that that you want more of him than anything else? When he could show you the world and do all the signs and wonders, but yet I don't want any of that. I want you. We have to be so hungry for his presence, so desiring more of him. Because if you don't know him, you won't have the confidence it takes to step into what he's calling you to do. You won't trust him. And if you don't trust him, you'll back off and you'll, you'll, you'll like, yeah, I don't know. Not, not, probably not today. And he's like, but I want to show you how I can do this. Yeah, but uh, I, I, mm, because you've got to know him. It said in Exodus 33, 11, it says the Lord used to speak to Moses face to face like a friend. If he did that pre-Jesus for Moses, how much more will he do now after the resurrection, after the, the, the coming of the, the Holy Spirit? How much more do you have access than Moses did? How much more can you experience God than Moses did? And Moses had a face-to-face encounter with God. And God doesn't look at Moses and say, oh yeah, that was my buddy. Yeah, he's definitely my favorite. No, it wasn't like that. You are. You are his chosen. You are his beloved. You are who he wants and desires. You have to get hungry for who God is in your life. Desperate, longing for relationship. And so Jesus comes on the earth. I'm fast forwarding to Jesus and John's relationship with Jesus. 
And he wrote, as he wrote the book of John, John was like the beloved. Like they had an intimate relationship. And John sits and he pens who, who Jesus and what Jesus said and what he heard Jesus say. And, and over and over again, John said, Jesus said to them, truly, truly, I say to you. It was not Moses who gave you the bread from heaven, but my father who gives you the true bread from heaven. And then it goes on and says, Jesus said, I am the bread of life. As Moses heard, I am, Jesus comes and he says, well, I am the bread of life. They experience something, but I am, I am who you're really needing. And he goes on in John 8, 12, he says, and I am the light of this world. That's God is the light of this world. Jesus is declaring to you and to the people of the earth, like that was back then and, and that was great, but I'm here. And in John 8, 58, he says, Jesus said to them, truly, truly, I say to you before Abraham was, I am. That means he was the God before and now and in the future, the same God. The same God. And it goes on John 10, 14, it says, and I am the good shepherd. And then he says, I am the resurrection and the life. And then he keeps talking to John and he says, I am the way and the truth and the life. Then he keeps going, and I am the vine. Like there's so many places that he's declaring that I am. See, Moses, you got like, I am who I am. And then the people in Jesus' time, I am the resurrection. Like you don't have to look for it. I'm right here. I am. And I just love that, that, that Jesus was like just declaring that to you. But beyond that, he died and was resurrected that you might have the Holy Spirit in you. You don't have to have face-in-face -face encounters. You have an intimacy with the Holy Spirit that Moses longed for. That, that the people, even in Jesus' time, where Jesus was hand-in-hand -hand with them, they didn't even have that until after he died. And now you actually get it. He said, I might, I, might I go that you might have the Holy Spirit, that the helper might come to you, that the comforter might come to you, because that's far greater than me being on this earth. I kind of love this like little, it's like a little side note when I was studying about Moses and Jesus was in the transfiguration and he was on the mountain and he called up some of his disciples and in Matthew 8, sorry, 17, three, it says, and behold, appeared to, to them Moses and Elijah talking with him. And I was like, Moses never got to live on the earth with Jesus. Like he never got to experience that. And in this moment, he got to experience that. What it was like to be on the same ground that Jesus was on. There's a relationship that God is after with you that's far greater than we give a frame to. He's not a God that sits afar, looking, watching, hoping that you do good. You know, that's just like, oh, I don't know. He's near to you. He's intimate with you. He desires to be so close to you, like flesh and blood. He says he puts his hand upon you. How close is his, does he have to be if his hand's on you? So I'm going to share a little bit about my testimony in this space of, of getting to know God more. Because I've lived as a believer for my whole life. And there's been lots of ups and downs in my walk with the Lord. Obviously, we all have moments. There's been times that it's been incredibly passionate. Where he just stirs that fire. And then there's been dull moments where you're like, I'm just doing this grind. But I feel like he constantly calls me to do things that are outside of my comfort. And I think I'm starting to get a hang of the idea that he's just like, I just want you to know me here. It's really not about the doing, hopefully, as much as it is the knowing. And I've made note before about taking voice lessons. And I went into this idea of taking voice lessons because...
of my kids. Romero was like crazy musical and like super good. And I just like always was like, he's so good at it. And I'm so bad at it. And we created good people at it. So praise the Lord. And since he's been gone, there's always that feeling of like, well, now what? Like, what am I supposed to do with this face? How do I encourage them in their gift in this? How can I hear right so that I can lead them in this space? And so I started feeling that stirring of taking voice lessons. And it was really out of a necessity of like when they play the piano and they sing, I want to be able to encourage their gift at the greatest capacity that I can. And that was a really big step. Real big. Like, took a lot. And uh, the perseverance in it, I, it, I've made note before. Like, the first two voice lessons, I didn't even sing. I was like, yeah, I don't think we need to sing. She's like, but you're here to do voice lessons. I'm like, yeah, but maybe next time. I was like, that was a wasted uh, $18. No. You know, like, you're just stepping into these places. And so then I'm persevering. And then there's been different moments where God has increased that space. And and one time when Brooke was gone, my mom was like, I've been praying about who because Mark couldn't come and who should lead. And she's like, well, maybe you and Angie and and Jim could sing. I'm like, what? And she's like, well, you've been doing voice lessons. I'm like, yeah. I'm like, did you hear the Lord? She's like, I really believe I heard the Lord. I was like, I didn't hear the Lord. (laughs) I was like... That's not, that's not an easy thing for me to say yes to. And I was like, God, I always want you to have my yes, but for real, you know, like, and I took a step in that space and I said, yes. And I stepped in and then like opportunity keeps arising as you've noticed of like, and I keep sweating through it and struggling through it. And thank you for bearing with all the bad singing sometimes. (laughs) Because it's really not about you, it's about him. And so, in this journey, I, I, my back's been bothering me, and I came up for prayer for my back, and they prayed and ministered over me. And the word that came forth at the end of it was like, I believe that God wants you to sing to him more. And I was, I literally rolled my eyes. And I was like, God, for real? And I walked and sat down. I was like, God, I came up here for my back. Why do you keep talking to me about my voice? I'm not really happy about this. I had a really bad attitude. I had to apologize to the people that prayed over me because it was not about them. It was about my attitude in my heart. I was like, oh. So then we have this conference, um, and the people that were here, we sang Friday night. And the lady on Saturday, she came up at the end of Saturday night, and she prophesied to me about my voice and God wanting to use that. And I was just like, God, what in the world are you wanting Like, why do you keep asking me to do this? Like, I don't understand. I'm like, is it wrong? Are you you all wrong? Like, am I hearing wrong? Like, you continue to pull me into that space. And I'm like, I'm pretty, I'm, I'm saying yes with a little bit of resistance. But I keep saying yes to him. And she like, she like literally was like, I feel like God wants to release the songbird over your life. And I have felt like I'm like kind of fluttering up in the cage, like, yeah, I'm here, but not really. And I was like, okay, God. And then on Sunday morning, when Brooke was leading worship, not last Sunday, the Sunday before that, I was like, God, has my insecurity become an idol? Like, have I come to a place that my comfort now has like has limited you and what you can do because you say what you tell someone that you can do that that you can do that regardless and I know Moses was sitting there like uh, 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 I'm stuttering and I uh, uh, I don't know and God was like well I called you 
So why is it that if my voice is what it is, that God can't come and fill it into a space that he can use it however he wants? We want our preference versus his presence, and we need his presence versus our, pre- versus our preference. And sometimes we get so attached to what we think God should do through us that we can't say, God, I don't want my insecurities to arise and be higher than your calling. And we do, we allow comfort, we allow things in our lives to become so connected to us and we shouldn't allow that. And so so I surrendered that that Sunday, next Sunday, I'm moving forward in my story. We're practicing and it was a really hard Sunday. And let's just say like crushed, like there was just some things that I just was like, God, I don't, I don't want to do this. And I was crying. I was trying to keep myself together. There was a lot of emotion. And it was really hard because maybe you do get to that place and you're standing there you're like, yes, God, I've given you my all. And then something comes towards you and you're like, well, that really hurt. And I didn't like that at all. And I'm out. I actually stood on the stage and I felt like, I could, peace, I'm out. I don't need this. We can get like that. Like, I don't need to be injured in this space. I'm already trying. And, and, and I was just like messy. My mom came over to me and she was like, and then she goes, well, this isn't about you. This is about God. And I was like, thank you. You're right. She spoke right to the point. Sometimes we need people like that in our life. If you need someone like that, she's like that. She'll speak to the point. I, I think sometimes this is what we want to do. We like to hide, and we're just like, I'm just going to be in my comfortable space, and no one will see me. And I don't ever have to do these things because I get to choose. And we hide in our insecurities, in what places seem comfortable, whatever that comfortable place is. We wrap our comforters around us. And the Holy Spirit is actually the comforter. And you might have an idol that's a comfort zone that you need to cast off because you need to position yourself in who he is, the comfort. And then walk in that, through that place and live through that vein. Oh God, you comfort me and I can stand positioned in comfort through you. I don't have to live in a comfort zone We all like our comfort zones. (laughs) Sleep there. Don't live there. Sleep there. Don't live there. Get up and keep pressing towards more of God. Sleep. You get 12 hours at least, maybe eight, maybe four. I don't care. However many you get. You can sleep all night and dream. Have pretty dreams. Get up and move towards the kingdom. Move towards God. If it's uncomfortable, it's okay because his comfort lives in that space. The Holy Spirit's in you, working and moving through you. Because even Moses said, as time went on, he said, God was like, you know, I want you to go. And he's like, he said, my presence will go with you and I will give you rest. And he said to him, if your presence doesn't go with me, I don't want to go. He wanted to go with him. So that Sunday morning... I'm sitting and it's getting closer to getting back on the stage. And I'm like, God, this is about you and not me. And I walk over and I'm like, this is all about you. This is all about you, God. Because I'm killing all the flesh that just wants to go haywire. And it's about you and, and, and obeying you. But more than that, as I was worshiping, I was like, who are you in this space? You are the greatest worship. You are the greatest song. You are the greatest sound the earth could ever hear. I want that right here. I want to know you in this space that I'm so inadequate in that you might sing the praises of heaven through me. 
that your voice might triumph over mine, that you might be known through me as I stand here in this inadequacy, that you might, that people might see the glory of God displayed on my life. Just because you step into something, that's what he's asking you. He wants to do this life with you and he wants you to know him because confidence will come in that space. It says, if you know my name, you'll, those who know my name put their trust in you. If you don't trust, if I didn't trust God that he wasn't going to show up in that space, I probably would have just said, I am out. There's enough people up there. And that's what we do. We say, oh, there's enough people. And God wants to unveil who he is to you, that you might know him, that you might get hungry for him. It says that he wouldn't forsake you if you searched after him. In Philippians 2.13, it says, For it is God who works in you both his will and to do his good pleasure. It's him that you're after. I'm not after being the next greatest singer, but I want to know him. And that's why I got on the stage, because I want to know him. And then when I was fussing afterwards, like in the midst of it, Pastor, Pastor Mike was talking about communion and about Jesus and how he walked and he died and he was crucified and he was beaten and, and ridiculed and scorned. And I was like, I was feeling that this morning that you said yes, so I should say yes. And it wasn't nearly what Jesus endured, but he felt the same as me. And he continued to say yes to the father. Sometimes we have to say yes. And, it, and when it hurts or when it's this or that, it doesn't matter. That's not what it's about. It's saying I'm fixing my eyes on Jesus. And God, I want you to unveil who you are. Because if I know you, then I'll know more. And the thing is, is this is where we get caught in this trap. We only know him so little. And he's like... Not that. That's not the plan. I was wondering if I could actually do this should have put bags on the bottom thank you to the rescue she bound all the distractions and look what happened might you not get distracted an unveiling of who God is is what my purpose was that you might say there's a whole new word I said one But who is he that I don't know him like? How could I, how could I seek after God and know him more? It says, if you seek after God, you'll find him when you seek after him with your whole heart. I'll be found by you, declares the Lord in Jeremiah. He loves you. He's infinitely beautiful. He's extravagant in all of his ways. He's immeasurably faithful. He's ultimately satisfying. Do you know him? I wrote this list. He's the lion and the lamb. He's an artist. He's a provider and a prize. He's the multiplier. He's the highest treasure of your life. He's savior and creator. He's father to the fatherless. He's redeemer and rock. He's all powerful and all knowing. He's almighty and he's holy. He's conquered death. He's healer. He's a preparer. He's power and husband. He's the lover of your soul. He's righteous and beautiful. He's the way and the truth and the life. He's a miracle worker. He's the light. He's Abba Father. And I think I had the biggest revelation of him in that position just recently when someone said, you know, when your kids call you by your name and you're like, yeah, my name's not that. My daughter used to call me Becca because I nannied and she used to go, Becca, Becca. My mom was always like, that's... Don't let her call you that. I'm like, it's no big deal. She'll change at some point. But if they said Rebecca to me right now, I'd say, no, I'm your mother. And that's what God is saying. You can say, I'm healer. But no, I'm your Papa God. But wait, call me Papa God. Because that's the intimacy he wants with you. 
and comfort and peace and satisfier and precious and gentle and musician and singer. He's wisdom and he's a planner. He's the greatest CEO ever. He's fire. He's peace. He's comfort. The list doesn't ever stop who God is. You could count, there's countless names for who he is because he's a God that's ever expanding and he desires to have a relationship with you that's beyond what you've ever known him to be. He wants to take you and step you into a new space, into new frames, into new things because he just wants you to get to know him differently. And then out of that, think about out of the relationship Moses had, how many people's lives were affected? How rich and beautiful that was. Just because he had a heart towards God, the, the millions of people came out of the land. Pharaoh and all of those people were affected out of his relationship with God. All the people in the, in the desert, they were affected because Moses had a relationship with God. Your relationship with God and you knowing him will bring effect on other people's lives. He's so good. This adventure and this relationship that he wants to dig you in deeper with him should be the most exciting thing of your life. The most fun. Make you take on the most courage. Should be a wild adventure that's satisfying and rich and pleasurable and good because in his presence is fullness of joy. And at his right hand are pleasures forevermore. It should be the greatest thing that you ever do in your day is know him more. Walk with him, love him. Would you stand with me? Psalm 9 verse 10 says, And those who know your name put their trust in you. For you, O Lord, have not forsaken those who seek you. God, we desire to know you more. God, we long for more of you. We cry out, God, that you might show us more of who you are. That you might do something that we've never experienced before in our midst. God, we want to understand the more of you. That your glory would be shown in this place. At the altar this morning. I want to give you an opportunity on this paper behind me. There's markers saying, God, I want to know you. It's maybe one of the things I listed. Maybe it's not even anything I listed. I want to know you deeper as friend. I want to know you deeper as the lover of my soul or Papa God or faithful or provider. God, I want to know you like that. And I just want there to be space for you to just write that on there. God, I want to get to know you like this. It says those who seek him will find him when they seek him with all of their heart. This is you seeking, saying, God, I want to know you as healer. And you write it up there. I want to know you like this. And you write it up there. So I'm giving you space. If you want to come up and write, there, there's a way to pass through. And there's lots of colors. That this would just be your commitment to say, God, I want to know you like this. This is my first step. This is me coming to the burning bush saying, who is this and what is this? That, and who can I know that I've never known before? And he says, I am who I am. So come.
God, we want more of you. Would you tell him how much more you want? God, we just want more of you. To know you is everything. God, we love you so much. I ask God that you would unveil our eyes, that we might see who you are every single day in all that we put our hands to and all that we're doing, whether at job or in relationship or business or whatever it looks like, God, that you might show us who you are, exactly who you are, that you are the answer wherever we stand, that you are currently with us wherever we go, that you've never left us and you've never forsaken us. God, we thank you that we can put our trust in you for you are good, Father. God, we love you so much. We just thank you for meeting with us today. Might we never be the same. In Jesus' name. Put your hand in your heart this morning. Father, we rejoice in you today. We rejoice in you. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine on you. May he lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. In Jesus' name.